Come on now. Hey guys. It's just a fire. Hey, what's going on guys? Here at the Swamp. Get ready to beat LSU. Y'all tune in to Rule Number One Podcast on Monday. And we are back again. Another week, another episode. Partner. We're rolling. I know, 42, man. I, I keep waiting to hear that uh, week, 50. Yeah, that week 52 or so. Yeah, yeah, a like, year. Finally, finally at a year mark, man. But uh, we have another awesome guest, and we have a couple really cool ones scheduled out in the next uh, couple episodes, yeah. so we're super excited for that. Um, but this week, we have Hannah Keller. Um, she has all different kinds of jobs. Um, yeah. she's, she's done, or she does... Uh, personal training she is an esthetician she does uh she's a laser tech um she's you're a uh, you're a life coach as well aren't you hannah i wish i could say i was a life coach <laughs> but i am not <laughs> oh, i pulled that one out of my butt then, she's I guess. a jack of all trades though <laughs> yeah. i can give it to her definitely um hannah we ask everybody this question at the top of uh the episode what is your number one rule you live by um it took me a while to get to this point, but it's, um, having forgiveness for others and myself. Okay. Uh, it can go, we can go real deep into that one, but, um, ultimately you can set yourself free by forgiving. And, um, sometimes it's not about forgiving the other person. It's about being able to do that for yourself. Um, living in resentments, a lot of things can come with that. And I have in the last handful of years, really, have had to make it a point to forgive others in order to heal and move forward in my life. So that's my number one rule to live by. Definitely. It's deep. Man. I know. That is deep. That's good too. <laughs> I feel like this is, we're going to dive into a lot of deep subjects. In yeah, this, because this like man, everybody's past, everybody's, you know, mistakes, whatever they've done, it makes you who you are. Oh yeah. You can forgive yourself. Yeah. I guess you can forgive anybody at that point too. Yeah. Hannah, I am curious, like you hear the saying, um, forgive and forget. Do you, would you say you agree with that statement or do you still think, you know, you can forgive somebody, but still in the back of your mind, still remember that whatever happened, um, and kind of keep yourself Mm. a little guarded. I don't forgive and forget. Definitely don't. I do keep that in the back of my mind. Um, also, uh, I'm religious. I'm Christian. One thing my pastor taught me years ago is um, if you're going to forgive somebody, you can't revisit that. Mm -hmm. So if I was to forgive you for something, I can't bring that back up again. I can't hash it out again with you. Um, But I will remember you did that. And that's at my point, my choice to decide if I'm going to welcome you to be a participant in my life or not. Like I can still love you from afar. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I can forgive you, but you're going to be like over there and I'm going to do my own thing. I'm not going to forget what you did. I'm the same way. I'm the same way. You have to be, man. You keep your guard up sometimes. There's just things that you can't forget. There's some things that like... I want to forget. I can't. <laughs> I can't forget. You know. Definitely, so. I've heard this analogy before too. Like, if you were standing on a stool, it's a whole lot easier for somebody. Like, if if say for instance you're at it like a higher level, it's like say somebody that you you know you love or is at this different level, um, and you're standing up on this stool, it's harder for you to pull them up on the stool with you than for it is than it's than it is for them to pull you down off the stool. Pull you down. And so Ooh. it's a. 
So it's hard. It's hard because sometimes you really want to help people, but at the same time you have to guard yourself. Be like, man, sometimes I can just can't pull you up here. You got to want it on your own. Yeah. Yeah. Gotta that drive. Gotta have that that drive too. <laughs> I know. I, I want to get back I, to that question though that he asked. I'm. I don't forgive and forget. No shot. Yeah, I can't. You can't. Like, I don't <laughs> think anybody does really. I mean, like, you can't forget what people have done to you. Like, that's how you make mistakes. If you forget the past, yeah, do it all over again. But you can't like hold in that that anger, whatever. Either I feel like you got to let that go. You can't. You can't go into morbid reflection because that's something that will take you out all the time. You know, like I can remember what you did, but I'm not going to sit and dwell on it and go into morbid reflection and replay it over and over and over again. You know, you can't do that either. You'll get sick. Oh, yeah. yeah. Dive into that morbid reflection a little bit. Yeah, I haven't heard that before. You haven't? No. Um, Morbid reflection, it could be, you know... um, I mean, I go, I go into it often and I get told I have a sponsor. I still have a sponsor, but, um, she would tell me like, quit going back and replaying that over and over in your head, because you're not going to change the outcome of what happened by going back and doing that. Mm -hmm. And you know, you, you create these anxieties and you make yourself sick when you go back and you replay things over and over again. That's morbid reflection. Oh, okay. It makes and sense. It could be, a, it could be, you know, like my boyfriend cheated on me or I did this to somebody. No matter how many times I go back, it doesn't change what already happened. Mm-hmm. And then you just, you know, you dwell on it. It's not healthy for you. Yeah. I, I feel like everybody gets in that, that little morbid reflection. I, I didn't, never knew that's what it's called, but I Either. catch myself in that all the time. Like mistakes I've made about, like, man, if I would have just done things a little bit different and it's like, why are you dwelling in it, man? There's nothing you can do about it at this point. Hannah, yeah. may I ask you what a sponsor is? I know you mentioned a that. sponsor. Yeah. Uh, it's somebody when you're in recovery Okay. from alcohol, um, drug drug addiction it so you have somebody who basically holds you accountable um when you work a program yeah okay that was nice i didn't know i mean i didn't know that was the technical term for it yeah but that's that's cool they offer that yeah being able to have somebody that you know kind of helps you along the way plus is kind of like a um what how do you explain or what's the mentor yeah mentor or uh like accountability partner too um and helping you out but that's awesome. Yeah. <clears throat> Hannah, if you don't mind me asking, how did you get involved in one of those programs? And if you don't feel comfortable talking uh, about it, no problem. You don't have to. No, yeah. I, shit, man. I told you I was um, open book, right? So I started using drugs very, very early. I think I have older siblings. And so I guess Misery Likes Company, they wanted to share with me. Um, I started smoking oxys at age 14 and that's when, you know, my addiction probably started, I'd say. And, uh, the older I got, I started using drugs to cope. I coped in any sort of way by numbing and it became, you know, it was bad. Yeah. I, I, it was bad. And so, um, I actually ended up meeting, it was an ex-boyfriend who took me to my first meeting and in that I got a sponsor and I started working a program because I realized I did in fact have a problem. So 
I was on that journey for quite some time. And I actually just in the last couple of months made a clear conscious decision to be able to drink again. And that was, I was teetering back and forth, but I am in a different place in my life where I feel safe with myself to make that choice. Um, there's nothing I'm running from. There's no relationship that I'm in that I'm running from, you know, there's no, I'm not in a circumstance or a position to make me feel like I would need to numb for any sort of reason. And I felt safe to be able to go back and and try it out. And I know that if it did become a problem, I can always go back to working a program. Yeah, it works for you. That, that kind of system worked for you. And it's good that you have the self-conscious aware, like awareness to get help to seek help because there's a lot of people out there that will not i mean i've seen videos upon videos on tiktok youtube of like the inner cities of people on trank i don't know if you've seen that stuff it's bad stuff man like these people will shoot up on the streets and literally just sit there for hours stuck and like people stab them rob them like it's bad it's bad stuff and like people can't get off of it and it's hard it is it's a hard slippery slope that people fall down, but you had the awareness to, you know, crawl back up at how, like, where did that come about? Like, was it self-reflection or was it like people around you that kind of helped you notice it? Notice that I had a problem? Yeah. Or getting out of it? Both. I'm sorry. Uh, you don't want to okay. talk about it. It's fine. <laughs> I feel bad. No, asking. I do. Of course. No, I love talking about it because a lot of people don't talk about it. Um, my, Three of my siblings have passed from drug addiction and I have children myself and I had to be honest with myself and I had to tell myself, if I keep doing this, I'm going to end up like them. And my kids, if they were to go to, you know, their dad's house and have to be with him full time, I can't do that to them. And I had to be like, I had to, I had to put them first. Yeah. My mom's been through it. I can't imagine my mom having to go through losing a fourth child. Like I can't even fathom one, but let alone three. And then if I was to do that to her, like how selfish of me, like it is beyond selfish. Um, so, and I want to live, I love life. I, I want to be here. I want to have my children. I want to grow old, you know, and that, that honestly drugs is Jail institutions or death. Like those are your options. Mm-hmm. Those were my options, and I didn't like any of those. So, so you use self responsibility as kind of your your push to go get help. That's that, that's yeah. kudos to you yeah, because like, it takes a that's lot. Self awareness that it's it's hard. Like a lot of people get you know caught up in the fact that they don't understand themselves. Right. You know, I, I take deep reflections. We were talking about this earlier before the episode about therapy. Mm-hmm. You know, it works for some people. It doesn't. Yeah. I think I okay, benefit you from guys, it. Are you guys in therapy? No, not yet. <laughs> I, I have been before um, when I was young, but I, I was telling Brian, I was like, I'm in uh, I'm a different place. So I feel like the way I cope with things is being out in certain areas and like nature. And so like, that's how yeah. I kind of like release myself. I'm not a big talker to begin with, but being out in the outdoors for me, helps me kind of just release some of that like built up stuff. I just like it based off of the sole fact that you can... Ha, it's kind of like, I don't want to call it a tool, but it kind of is. Yeah. You can use it as a tool to get outside perspective and judgment on problems that you face in your life. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like sometimes when you go to family members or friends, you're going to get somewhat of a biased opinion yeah. on the advice of what you should do. 
Like, but that therapy route, I feel like that's a, a good option for a lot of people to get that outside perspective that might help them self-aware, yeah. you know, become well, more self-aware. I go, I go to therapy. I see a therapist once a week, every Friday I see my therapist and I've been seeing a therapist for over four years now. Oh man. I'm, and I'm sure he's your I best am friend. like, I talk about it. And, yeah. And I talk about it. I'll openly be like, Oh, my therapist said, my therapist said, <laughs> people are like, you just say that. I'm like, she's rad. First of all, <laughs> second you know you know you don't know what you don't know Mm -hmm. and they do give you tools and there's things that I think are okay and she's like "Eh, we should talk about that and I'm like oh you're right you know (laughs) so (laughs) definitely condone people going to therapy I actually just recently started doing this thing where I started journaling um and so like whenever I have like rough days or whatever instead of necessarily I'm not a big like I'll open up to some people, but I'm very selective on who I open up to because kind of the forgive and forget kind of thing or the lack of forgiving and forgetting. Um, I've opened up to several people and they just kind of slapped me in the face. So now I don't open up very much. (laughs) Um, And so as a coping mechanism, I actually journal a lot. So like basically like there's been times I've read back through some of the things I've wrote and be like, I never in a million years thought I would actually say that out loud. And it's just putting pen to paper and then I write it and then forget it and let it go. I think everybody has a coping mechanism. Mine's making like jokes. I'm obsessed with like stand-up comedy. I think it'd be the coolest thing ever to be a stand-up comedian one day and just make millions of people laugh. I think that'd be so cool. So, like, the way I cope with bad days is I just write jokes about them in my notes, like on my iPhone. <laughs> like, dude, you you know this. Yeah. Like, I have a whole, like, arsenal of jokes. I probably could do a 30-minute special at a comedy club around here with all the ones that I got. That's yeah. just how I cope. I laugh at myself. Yeah, there's a couple ones that you brought up or you like slipped in there. I'm like, where did you just come up with that? <laughs> it was pretty good. I want um, to try it. I do. I do want to get into a couple things. Um, I know you're from Arizona. How is it over there? Because, you know, we're Florida boys. We, you know, we've got the sandy beaches. We've got the woods and stuff like that. But I've seen pictures like of you on sand dunes and riding horses and stuff like that. Like, tell me about it. So I'm not originally from Arizona. I'm originally hate to say it. Don't like admitting this, but I'm originally from California. Um, And then I was in New York for several years as well. And then I ended up moving to Arizona in 2015. And this is by far my favorite place to live out of all the places I've been. Um, You have so much freedom here. And I live in a tiny town called Payson. Um, And it's about 90 miles north of Phoenix. And I, I've, I live down in Phoenix too. So I did have the city life, but right now I'm doing a small town living and I love it. And (laughs) it's, it's incredible. It's so slow paced. And, you know, I, I bitch and complain sometimes because it takes me 10 minutes to get to like town. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, why am I complaining? I'm used to living somewhere. It takes me 30 minutes to just run to circle K, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Oh, go ahead. No, I just, I love it. The weather's great. The weather's great. We do get snow up where we're at because of the elevation. Um, so I get all the seasons and it's badass. Sounds cool. <laughs> you can, yeah. you can hunt, you can fish, you can ride horses, you can take your quad out. You can take this, you know, you can go out to the dunes. Like there's all kinds of stuff out here. The only bad thing is there's no oceanfront property in Arizona. Yeah, like that my is friend true. said. That's the well, only thing that I, I would... A- that's the only thing I would miss. 
about it. I need. I'm I need not an ocean. I'm not an ocean gal. I I just I hate the sand, honestly. So I'm okay with that. Even Maybe being from California. Huh? I said even from being from California. That's a problem. Yeah, me. I could. Oh yeah, no. I the like, sand. It's like a sensory issue. I'm I'm jealous at the fact that you've lived in you know three pretty cool places. Yeah, for California, New York, and now. Right outside Phoenix, pretty much. Mm-hmm. I, I've always wondered what it would be like to go and, you know, try somewhere different. You never know what you could, like, fall in love with. She's in her third town. She says the best thing she's ever lived in. Yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and went all over the country, yeah, too. she's went from coast to coast, north to south. Literally. Yeah, that's wild. I, yeah, I, sometimes I just want to hit and hop in a van like some like Volkswagen bug or whatever, or like Volkswagen uh, van or whatever, and just hit the open road. You yeah. should. Yes. Uh, you should. Like, you should experience life completely. And if that means picking up and fucking going, go. Because for me, what I tell people is like, you can always go home. Like, you can always go back to where you came from, but like, try it out. You don't know what you don't know. How are you going to know what else you like if you don't try it? Exactly. I just, I just, I feel like you got to, you know, there's people in this town. They're like, I've lived here my whole life. I'm like, what the hell? Why? (laughs) Why would you do that? Go experience life. There's so many other people and just, it's so different. Even going from California to New York, I was like, culture shock. Oh, I'm sure. Oh, I bet. I uh, I did want to get into a little bit about that. You know, what what made that that process happen? You know, being in California, being like, yep, I'm going to New York now. And then, yep, I'm going to Arizona. What what kind of triggered some of that? It's not as cool. It's not as cool as you would want to think. Uh, I actually ended up <laughs> following a guy out to New York. So not my best choice, but I followed I followed a guy out to New York and I ended up getting married and having kids with him out there. And, uh, didn't want to stay in New York after I decided I actually am not in love with this person anymore. You know, I was with them for seven years and I was like, I want out of this. I ended up getting married. I I wanted out of my marriage. And I knew that if I got a divorce in New York, my kids are stuck there. You know, I can't leave that state through Mm -hmm. courts. So I, you know, I, I got a little manipulative and I'll admit that. Uh, like all women do you know I I was super selfish and I somehow convinced him to move to Arizona and I was like yeah if we move to Arizona we'll fix our marriage and as soon as we got here I dumped him you know so uh, (laughs) I know not not a good look but uh that's how I got from place to place to place ultimately chasing chasing happiness yeah literally yeah. I was 17. I was oh. 17. What do you know about happiness at 17? Yeah, for real. <laughs> There's so many decisions, like, I feel like in high school, like, that were made and be like, oh, I know, like, I'm, I'm pretty much an adult now. Like, I know so much. Dude, <laughs> even being from, like, like in my 20s and looking back, like, at 18-year-old man, it's like, kid. dude, You're you kid. knew nothing. You didn't know, right? you didn't know anything. You're you know nothing. <laughs> I'm sure child. I'm going to look back when I'm 35 thinking the same thing. It's like, this kid over here has no idea what he's doing running a dang podcast. <laughs> 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 Just talking into a microphone. Yeah. Oh, oh, man. How dare they talk to cool people all over the country. <laughs> <laughs> For real. <laughs> um, hey, to, speaking of which, you mentioned, you know, you've been all over. You've also have a pile of different jobs or side hustles and things like that. Um, 
first, let's get into the uh, the esthetician thing. Um, how'd you get into it? You know, some of the licensings and stuff like that. How how does all that work? So I originally got into skincare because I had terrible skin. I was that you know hormonal acne all through middle school, and my cousin was an esthetician, and she used to take care of my skin. So I'd go into her work and she'd treat me and I was like, you know what, I, I want to do that. So I actually ended up, um, I ended up going to trade school while in high school. So I went to trade school full time and I did high school part time. So I ended up doing an independent study type of learning. So I had one class in the morning and the rest of the time I was, I was going to trade school. Um, so I graduated and got my license in 2011. So I've been licensed for a very, very long time. Um, I've, I've been doing skincare for like over a decade. Right. And, um, I just recently, a couple of years ago, went back and got my laser tech license. I just thought it was something else that, you know, it just looks better on paper Mm. uh you get paid more and that's being able to do a lot more for the skin than what just an esthetician license could do so that's always been my passion um that's how i got into that uh i started personal training about four years ago i got into that as well i had I had gained a bunch i was overweight at one point of time i was underweight at one point of time and the one thing that actually helped me more than just physically, but mentally was working out. And so I love helping others doing skincare is helping others, women in particular, but I wanted to help others feel better about themselves in other ways too. So I got into fitness and started doing training too. Um, I, yeah, I really have my hands dipped in all kinds of things. Um, (laughs) I love, I love learning. I was a stripper for a very long time. I started, I stripped for six years and I like talking about that because a lot of people think it's taboo. I, I thought it was taboo when I first heard about it. And now I know what I know it it's, it was a good stepping stone for me to get, to have the life that I have being a single mom. That is. Huh. So what? That's a first. Yeah. I want to hit on, we'll, we'll save that for a second. <laughs> we'll get into that. Don't worry. <laughs> um, so with all the, uh, the personal training and helping others, you know, I a hundred percent agree with that. I'm literally the same thing I do. I have my hands in several different companies and things like that. And honestly, for me, man, it's, it's, if I see something that I like, I, so I played baseball for 18 years. You know, Brian and I both did grew up playing in it, didn't took up most of our time. Um, and when I got out of college, I finally was like, man, I have time to do stuff. I want to find hobbies. I want to do things. And now I'm big on, hey, well, that sounds cool. That sounds like it could potentially make money. Yep, I'm in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it could make money. I enjoy doing it, so let's do it. But It's all about filling time for me. I don't like just sitting there doing nothing. I mean, don't get me wrong. There's some days where I wake up and I'm just like, Ugh. Yeah, uh. <laughs> <laughs> but like most of the time, I'm like, all right, I gotta do go, 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 do, do, do. Occupy my time, time, time. So, Side hustles is the thing. Is <laughs> I swear everybody's doing it. You have like six of them, Hannah. You have I'm to. jealous. <laughs> I I love if if you can teach me, I can learn. So that's what it's about. Like I I tell myself I could do anything I want to do, and that's it. Like I can do whatever it is that I want to do. And sometimes I might have to have someone teach me the skill, but I'll figure it out and I'll do it, you know? 
That was my number one rule. You'll figure it out, bud. Yeah. That's how I feel. I'm, I'm a fast learner when it comes to things like that. You have to be able to want to learn, too. Yes. A lot of people, um, they they get into whatever field or whatever hobby, and they get complacent. And they're like, okay, I know what I need to know. And then that's it. Oh, and they I, get comfortable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, like, I, yeah. for me, personally, like, I read. I do, every, uh, I do several different things. And I, I don't ever want to be at the point where it's like I can't learn anything anymore. Because somebody out there knows more than I do whether it's in one field or whatever, like I want to be a major jack of all trades where I can do everything. Maybe I can be a master of all of them, but (laughs) I would love to just continue to learn. And and I think that's very important, especially for, you know, young men in their twenties is don't be arrogant. Don't feel like you, you know, have nothing to learn. Like go talk to the hobo on the side of the street. He might have the best life (laughs) advice you'd ever know. I'm constantly always on YouTube university. Learning how to make my content more appealing, how to make reels more. Like, I'm a proud student at YouTube University. (laughs) I'll never stop learning from there. promise you that. I've joked around a couple times. You know what? You know what I go on YouTube for? What's that? (laughs) To learn how to 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 do man shit so I don't have to ask a man to help me. It's like, this broke shit. I'm going to YouTube it and I'm going to do it myself. (laughs) (laughs) My my ego is so big and I'm like, I'm not asking for help. I'm going to do this. And so... I use YouTube a lot to do manly shit. <laughs> <laughs> I literally was about to say that same uh, that same comment um, or along the la- same lines. You know, uh, I've talked a couple of times. Teach um, you how to be a man. Exactly. You want to learn how to be a man, you watch YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> no, really. So my, my dad passed away uh, several years ago. And so y'all heard a couple of them episodes. And so I really had to be, I called myself a certified YouTube mechanic. And so when I was working on, <laughs> when I was working on cars or whatever, I, I learned how to change a tire through YouTube. I Me mean, too, I was dude. 13 years old. I had to figure it out. You know, mom had a flat and she didn't know how to do it. So here comes YouTube. Yeah, me, me too. Like when I was like 16, I had to change my first tires on my ex-girlfriend's car. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, my dad never taught me how to do this. YouTube. Dude, five minutes later, you got to sign me up to work on the nine team for Hendrick Motorsports. <laughs> I was in there. I was ready to go. <laughs> even even now, like when I'm working on like heavy equipment and stuff, like hydraulic lines blow and all different kind of hookups for the hydraulic lines. You never know what is what. And so all I got to do, man, pull up YouTube. Okay, I need a John Deere 6530, whatever, this. Boom, there it is. And all of a sudden it's fixed and I, and I'm a certified used to mechanic. Yeah. Dude, like it's crazy the amount of content and access and knowledge you have nowadays. Thanks to social media and thanks to like the connectiveness of this world. We can have a podcast with like our friend Hannah here while she's sitting in her car. That's a first I in Arizona, that. in Arizona. That's awesome. And Brad, then, like Brad. you just get to know more and more people. You get to know more and more knowledge. Hannah, you have like 46,000 followers on Instagram, right? I think I yes, but they're dropping. They're dropping like flies. I don't know what it is. Maybe because I don't post much, and I put my account on private. But I did that for other reasons. I've I've been back and forth teetering about opening it back up. How does not caring? I just I'm just curious how you build a following that big because I I want forty six thousand followers. <laughs> I wish I wish I could give you like detailed good advice, but honestly, it was just a random. I got on TikTok. And he made a stupid video and it ended up getting like 12 million views. Sounds and like somebody I know. Hey guys. And I ended up, <laughs> I ended up like, you know, when you like link your Instagram, I was not ready for the amount of people that started like following me. I, like my page was not ready for that. And it was not like the appearance wise. I was like, oh shoot. So I had to go in and I had to like delete things. And then I had to start 
posting things that were, you know, eye catching. And then I actually posted a video on, I stopped posting on TikTok. I, I posted a video on my Instagram and that ended up getting like, I don't know, like one point something million views, a hundred or 200,000 likes on one video. And then each video I kept posting was getting the same amount of views. And I just was like, Oh, I don't know what to do with this. Uh, but you know what? <laughs> the one thing that, Oh, there goes my phone again. The one thing was that my following was all men and you know, I could have used that and like rolled with it and took advantage of that. But I'm just in this like era where I'm a man hater. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, having all those men follow me, I was like, uh, you know, like they, they want to see certain things and I'm just not in that place to like post certain things that I don't want them to see anymore. So, you know, I, I keep it pretty PG on my stuff. You know, if I wasn't, if I was to be more like, sexual or whatever I'm sure my following would go up I get more likes and views and all that I just I'm not in that place where I want to be that person anymore I did I used to be that person I just it's not me anymore I'm just trying to be different so I do post a lot about you know you follow me um my horses and doing outdoor stuff like that that shit's cool to me not a lot of guys are probably thinking you know some guys it's 2023 can't say real men anymore but <laughs> uh, a lot of people don't appreciate that you know yeah. so that's what I post now though self-awareness so it was so just good. a random it was just I did it I didn't proactively try to to get a following it just fell in my lap and I didn't know what to do with it <laughs> I wish about 40 of those would fall in our lap like 40,000 yeah. <laughs> you're like oh darn here they come shoot <laughs> you can send them our way <laughs> <laughs> but okay so we gotta dive into this thing horses I was gonna talk about the stripper thing but oh that's fine too so <laughs> what when when did this happen and and don't take it like as judgment or anything like this. I'm genuinely curious because I've never been to a strip club and I I'm, never even talked to a stripper. Yeah, I'm interested to know what? like from you're your talking spot. to one. That's first. So I um I have been to a couple strip clubs like in my I won't say teenage years, but like eighteen, nineteen. Um, and I you know it's a strip club. There's naked girls. Um, I was working at a spa and one of my clients was a stripper and, you know, I get to talking to her and I want to know all about it because to me, you like, you know, you have your mentality of like what it's actually like there. And so I was picking her brain, like, tell me all about it. I want to know what, like, how, how does it actually work? I want to know. And so she started telling me and I'm like, kind of sounds cool. You know, and she's like, Hey, yeah, she's like, Yeah, girl, if you ever if you ever want to come down, just let me know. And I was like, Oh, me never, but you, you know, like good for you. Well, I ended up getting a bill in the mail and I just cried when I saw it. I was like, I am so poor right now, there's no way I can pay this bill. I'm a single mom. Like, how is this gonna work for me? And I was like, Oh, that's right. That girl said I could go strip with her one night, and I ended up messaging her and I was like, Hey uh, can I come down? She's like, yeah, come down like tonight. Let's find. And I ended up, I like chickened out. I was like, Oh, I got my period. I can't come. I was too scared. 
And then finally I was like, okay, grow some balls. Let's go. Like you, how else are you going to pay this? Like this is due in the next like 20 days. What are you going to do? So I um, went down and danced and the first night ever for me at the time, $800 in one night. And that was, that was huge for me. Like That's that fast was money too. That, that was like paid my bill and had some leftover. So I was like, holy crap. That was a lot. Uh, so I ended up just, I started going back and I ended up, you know, quitting doing skin because I wanted to stay home. My, my girls were really little at the time. My youngest was still at home. I, I always wanted to raise my kids myself. Like it was important for me to be there for them through, you know, them growing up. And so that was a way for me to be there for them. I didn't have somebody else raise them. I worked uh, Friday and Saturday nights and I was with my kids all weekend. I had to get a babysitter on the weekends and it wasn't that big of a deal. And I, I just am so grateful. A lot of people you know, don't understand. I've, I've dated men who thought it was terrible. And I'm like, you just don't understand unless you have children. And it's, it's not about you anymore. It's about taking care and providing and giving those kids the best life you possibly could. So I did that for that reason. Like I wanted to give them the best life and we lived the best life. And I finally got to a point where now my kids are older and I can work because they're in school now. They don't need me home with them all day. So, um, but that's how I got into it was through another girl and it is wild. It is a completely different life. Oh, nobody, unless you're in that industry or that lifestyle, nobody else understands it. Like I could tell you stories on stories on stories and they would blow your mind and you'd be like, Holy crap. You know, bring them on. We're here for it. <laughs> yeah. I'm here for stories. Well, I was about bring to ask <laughs> what's your, what's yeah, your wildest, wildest story? story. God. my wildest story there's there, there's there's things that you're like what <laughs> like, <laughs> um <laughs> so i uh i like i don't know i like to I'm, I'm a bully there like you would think that i'd be super sweet and like cute i'm not um in that setting i'm actually very um like dominating in that setting and i like to make men feel like they're tiny and it's not healthy now that I'm out of it and like therapy and <laughs> yeah. you know multiple relationships that failed. I'm like, yeah, it probably did me a disservice. But um I like hurting people and whatever. So my biggest thing that I love to do is tell men that came in, you know, oh my gosh, I I'm a hairdresser, which is a lie. Um, I'm a hairdresser, I cut hair for a living outside of this. You need a haircut. Um so let me just cut your hair. And they're like, really? And I'm like, yeah, dead serious. I got my scissors in my bag. And they're like, yeah, sure. No problem. And so I'll run to the bar and I'll grab the rusty, nasty, dirty scissors. And I'll, I'll go in there. And the first cut I take is like scalped at the very front of their hair down to the freaking <laughs> can't wild. fix it. Now you got a patch. How are you going to explain that to your girlfriend or your wife when you get home? You know, like love, I love things like that. I, I thought it was so funny and entertaining to me. Um, I've seen That's grown ass men get That's laid out. That's evil, bro. That is evil. <laughs> I've seen um, grown ass men get laid out by my bouncers. Um, pepper sprayed, bear sprayed. Um, I've seen so many fights. I've seen 
guys drink pee out of a cup from a girl I've seen. Like I have seen the craziest things. I don't have one particular story that I could tell you that I was like, this is insane because it's always insane. (sighs) Always. So what about like, like, um, Oh my god! I can imagine how mad I'd be if I got my hair cut in a strip club like that and had them (laughs) chunk missing. How do you explain it? You don't. You just go home like yo, mom, yo, mom, (laughs) yo, mom, (laughs) yo, babe, babe, babe. babe. Let me tell you this story that I have to make up now. Also, one thing I'm all about um, women. Like I'm all for women. I have women's backs. Like I'm all for them. I have had so many men come in. Regard. I don't know if they're married. I don't know what their story is but they'll have their phone sitting on the chair next to them and their phone is blown up and it says like wifey or my boo or whatever. And they have no idea. I reach over there and I answer it. And I just let, I let the phone sit there and they can hear everything that's happening. They hear the music, they hear their man talking, they hear me talking. And I'm like, I'm doing the world a favor by letting this girl know what her man is doing. Cause he's trying to ignore her calls and she's blowing them up, you know? And I'm like, I'm making the world a better place one day at a time. <laughs> <laughs> So it was there was oh there gosh. any like kind of like protection um stuff like that went on like when you left a strip club because I feel like there would just be a ton of like stalkers and stuff like guys that go in like yeah. all the time. Um so nobody knew that I was a stripper. Um I didn't post about it on social media. I didn't really go I mean I told people that I'd meet like that's what I did but um I didn't nobody knew I was doing it. It was very private. My family didn't it took years them to find out I hid that from them for a very long time because they wouldn't understand um but leaving the club you always get walked out by your bouncer so you get you get walked to your car um and then if you notice anybody following you we just call the club and we can go back in the parking lot and somebody will be waiting for us there to make sure that we get back inside safely to make sure that nothing happens to us I've never had a stalker um but like I said it's not like I post about it I'm not like hey come down and see me at the club like nobody knows anything nobody knows so I was very safe and I was smart my mom raised me to be super smart like like that you know aware of my surroundings so I've I have been assaulted in the club but I've never had an issue outside of the club that's good for you yeah I feel like I'm learning so much about this because there's so many like there's so many different perspectives on it like obviously you've said the taboo thing but hearing from the inside out there's a lot of stuff that happens gotta do what you gotta do sometimes man like she said you got bills to pay you got bills to pay bills don't go away I got bills to pay yeah yeah they don't go away and I would date I would date you know I'd date around and I'd have guys be like I want you to quit and I'd be like okay well are you gonna pay my bills yeah, and they'd look true. at me and like, unless, unless you're ready to commit to that commitment, then, then you don't get to tell me what to do. That's just crazy that you would cut guys' hair. Oh my gosh. That's like, <laughs> I'm like sitting here thinking like, like, oh, that would suck so bad. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, babe. I got a haircut. They messed yeah. up. <laughs> That's wild. I ran yeah. into the lawnmower at work. <laughs> <Just> <laughs> stupid. Oh. How do you, like, you can't, you can't, you, what story are you going to give? I thought that was so funny. I sneezed in the barber chair and I was so mad I left. (laughs) (laughs) Like you said, you said you were going out with your friends tonight. Like, what the hell are you coming home? Like, what's that for? How do you explain it? Oh, man. Gotta get crafty with that one. So I think this is the perfect time to go into our snap question. Because you gotta get crafty with your answers. Mm Mm-hmm. 
So the question we ask uh, at the beginning of every snap question is, if you could have three people, dead or alive, out to dinner, who would those three people be? You said alive or dead, right? Yes. Okay. You're saying it so quickly. Uh, it would be my three siblings that passed. I'd have them at the dinner table with me. Yeah. Like, I get, oh, yeah, 100%. 100%. Yeah, I get that. Those, 100%, those three people. I would love to have one more dinner with them. So where where would this you go? Where I get, and this is this is where you get a where would you go? Yeah. Even if it was a picnic on the back of a tailgate, I don't care. Like that doesn't that doesn't matter to me. Just sitting and having a conversation over a meal is all that matters. hundred percent. That's that's heartfelt. I know there's, we've had several guests that have had family members that's passed on and things like that. I mean, you know, I know firsthand I mentioned about my dad being able to sit down and have one like last conversation, bro, just to be able to put all your like wonders and stuff like that to rest. It's, it's, I would give anything for it. Trust me. I'm fortunate. I just want to be able to tell them that I love them one more time. Here's where I'm going to start crying, you know, like just to tell them you love them one more time. Yeah. I, I'm fortunate. That's why enough. it's so important to. That's why it's so important to tell people like how you feel. Mm-hmm. You know, like people sometimes are like, oh, "You're so blunt, and you're, you know, you're kind of like I do get vulnerable sometimes. Sometimes I have a hard time, but it's like I have to say how I feel, or else you never know what's gonna happen. I could die tomorrow without saying something that I wanted to say to you. That's always my biggest fear, dude. Yeah, one of them. I'm I'm very blunt, man. And there's no, for instance, like whenever you feel some something, some way about something or someone, it's like if you hold that in, then like it does do, no parties, yeah, no good. It's doing you a disservice. So I mean, be straight up with people. Tell them you love them. Tell them like, hey, go kick rocks. Like you know what I mean. Like I hate I hate feeling like I can't be honest with somebody because I'm very blunt and I say exactly what I think probably 95% of the time. And I feel like more people should open up and be a little bit more willing to be blunt instead of save face sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. Only- Would you say that you're very honest or do you like sugarcoat things sometimes in order to protect other people's feelings? Very um, honest. He's very honest. Yeah. <laughs> He's very honest. I'm, yeah. I'm fairly blunt, yeah. I just think it depends on the person with me. Sometimes I'm like, ooh, I don't want to rip that yeah. off that person. Yeah. And then other times I'm like, yo, you. <laughs> yeah. I would, I, like I said, I, I save face a little bit, you know, if it's like an like a older person, you know, for, you know, my mom's age or something. Like, I'll be, you know, respectful about it, but, like, I'm not going to let yeah. you walk over me either. Yeah. Yeah. But, you want to ask two or three snap questions tonight, partner. I'm leaving it up to you. Depends what you ask the next one, and I'll decide if it's a good ending point or not. Okay. Well, I was going to ask the. Yeah, the, that's fine. Okay. All right. <clears throat> Hannah, if you were to die tomorrow, what would you want your legacy to, to be? What would you want people to remember you as or by? Oh, gosh, you guys. <laughs> They're very thought provoking. <laughs> they are. <laughs> we're we're well, used to feeling some time. What would I want people to remember me by? <laughs> Did you see her face? <laughs> oh, that's such like a hard question. There's like, I I just to, I just to be known for like showing up for them and being authentic. Like I am very like I like to think I'm very authentic. Um, I guess just that I I just want people to remember. Like nobody's no. Uh, let's be honest. When I die, 
only a handful of people are going to remember me, <laughs> but mm-hmm. I want them just to remember me for like how hard I love and how authentic I feel like I, I am. That question never gets old to me, man. Yeah. Because everybody's answer is different. Like they all, it's all the same, right? Like they all mm-hmm. want people to like remember good things about them and them being helpful and whatnot, but they're all explained differently. And I love that question. And I think the cool part about our show is we open it up with how do you live? Like basically what do you live by? And, how and do then you be remembered. And then how do you want your, you know, your, it's like a book, you know, you got the cover to cover and what do you, what are you, what are people going to read in the pages? You know, what, what do you, your actions could be one thing and your thoughts could be others. And Maybe so what do your actions new Instagram be? bio podcast interviews, cover to cover with people. <laughs> I like it. I like it. <laughs> well, Hannah, we do something cool um, on each episode. Once we have a guest on, we follow them on Instagram. And so if anybody wants to check out Hannah's Instagram on social media, do you want to shout that out? Oh yeah. What is it? It's Hannah. <laughs> it's Hannah. Um, Keller. Nice. K-E-L-L-E-R. Awesome. And, and if, up on Instagram. And it, honestly, I, I, I'm not on TikTok. You can follow me on TikTok, but it's there's nothing on there. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think I have like 100 and, 120,000 followers on TikTok. But, can you just repost uh, one of our clips next week? Just like one of them? <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, yeah. And tell I, will. The- I will actually even go above and beyond and I will remove myself from being on private somewhere people can see that look at that that would be (laughs) be awesome (laughs) (laughs) it would really help us out um and guys don't forget we are on youtube spotify uh tiktok yeah snapchat all of um, the stuff facebook instagram all at rule one podcast keep liking subscribing we're building weekly man and it's all thanks to you guys yes definitely hannah thank you so much it's been a blast Thanks for having me. Definitely. We might have to do a part two in the yes. future. Yes. <laughs> get, get into oh, a couple have, more things. I have so much more to touch down on. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Awesome. Awesome. Well, we're looking forward to it. And we will see y'all next week. Peace. Bye, Hannah. Bye.